Hi, Donet. So um, this is kind of an impromptu uh, podcast, but I think it is it is long overdue. So, um, we have been having some talks a while ago about William J. Seymour, whom you fondly call Uncle Uncle Seymour. Is that Uncle Seymour? Seymour. Right. I, Uncle I, just, Seymour, I yeah. just really like the fact how you seem to have this affinity to him. And uh, one thing led to the next, and you end up getting his book to read, which you're right currently now. doing yeah. right now. Yeah. Man yeah. has been very significant in what we call the Sousa Street Revival more than 100 years ago. And many people have visited that place. Some have said they have experienced certain things, the memory, the residue of the revival. But I would like you to tell me, um, since you have started to read the book, what are some of your thoughts concerning this revival in Azusa Street? And um, well, my thoughts regarding Azusa has always been um, a curiosity for a long time because I mean, growing up in church, remembered when um, oh, I can't remember the pastor's name when he would have those Azusa Street conferences every year, and we would like we would watch it like with such you know interest because. We've heard about Azusa Street, but that was the only Azusa Street I knew about was these conferences, not the actual one that happened um, with uh, William J. Seymour. And um, so that's always been at the back of my mind because, I mean, it, it was always when you talk about Azusa Street, it was the, you know, the, the gift of tongues, you know, baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of the speaking in tongues. And there was always power that came with it. So you know, grew up in a Pentecostal church. That's what we all went for. We went for speaking in tongues and we wanted the power. And, you know, you go on and some people do get, you know, to that depth. And I can't say I've actually gotten to that depth. I think I'm still seeking that part of it. Though I have, you know, I, I pray in tongues. I have a relationship with Christ. I love, I love the Lord. I love him. I just love him. He's so, he, he blows my mind. Let's just put it that way. And so Azusa Street has always been a fascination with me. And I don't know when it happened. Maybe I think when we had this conversation was last year. I think late last year we started having this conversation. I had been praying, praying. I was in a, a lot, a, a season of a lot of prayer. And I don't know at one point that I started thinking about Azusa Street. Mm -hmm. And the thought came to me that, um, I wonder if William Seymour was disappointed that mm -hmm. he didn't finish mm -hmm. what he started. And that was a thought that came to me. You know, I wonder if he, he was, and, and for some reason I felt, I felt this disappointment that he was disappointed it didn't go longer than it, it should have. Yes, yes. You know, so, and, and I think at that point I had called you and asked you about it. And I think we were, I think we were, we're walk, we went some, walking somewhere and we were having that discussion about, you know, that's when I asked you if you thought, if, if what you thought, you know, I, I just think he was disappointed I didn't go longer than it should have. And I think that that revival should have gone longer. Um, and then I think two days later, you sent me a video from this guy about Uncle Seymour coming to him in a dream and telling him 
showing him that he was disappointed. <laughs> and that, that fascinated me. And, and so I kept, it kind of, the thought about it kept going on and off, on and off in my mind. And then I heard about Larry Martin. He's a revivalist. He was also, I think, one of the pastors at the Brownsville Revival, I think, but he has a collection of the Azusa Street. So I ordered like, the, it's 12 books, <laughs> the whole collection. So, um, so I was reading, you know, the life and ministry of, you know, William J. Seymour, AKA, I, I like to call him Uncle Seymour because for some reason, when I think about this guy, I feel like I know him. Like he, I think that he would be like the best uncle ever, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And, um, but when I read, his life and the opposition that he dealt with. I mean, the time when Azusa happened, like it was, it was really in a racial atmosphere. I mean, it's terrible. Like some of the, the newspaper articles, how they referred to him and referred to what was going on, it was terrible. And the fact that he had um, an integrated um, church was like a scandal. <laughs> right it, it was terrible and so they fought a there was a lot of that that they had to deal with and so reading the story is a, a little bit heartbreaking you know in that in in, in sense and but you have to didn't he then isn't it said i haven't read any of the books but i'm just talking through the grapevine what i've heard over the years yeah. that he was not permitted to go into was it parnham parnham was yeah um parnham was um had a, a school about the bible school that um william seymour went to went to and because of the segregation um the story is that he could not be a part of the class so what he would do is either sit outside the door or outside the window or something to 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 um do that which is kind of um interesting but yeah. It, the thing is, the people in that group, I think uh, they also were filled with the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. They got the baptism of the Holy Spirit and still segregated. So <laughs> I find that interesting. That's and then through a series of events, you know, um, um, Uncle Seymour got invited to come to California by um, a lady that, from, that came to Texas and heard him speak. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so he came from Texas to Los Angeles to her church to speak. And he started speaking about um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and telling these people that they did not have the Holy Spirit, which they thought they did. Because the wholeness movement thought once you were sanctified, you, you had the Holy Ghost in you. But he was telling them, no, you weren't baptized. And they didn't like that. So he went for lunch, came back, and they locked the church. <laughs> Well, you know what I what I think? I remember us having this discussion. I think we were having ice cream at the Dan Fort. That's it. <laughs> ice cream and Uncle Seymour. Perfect afternoon. <laughs> so I, I think that what really happened, according to our understanding and teaching of the cloud of witnesses right now, I think he was looking for some place to land. And I don't know if he's in your bloodline, but I think he's been trading into you. And that's where you felt that affinity almost as if he was right there and i believe he he is right there and one thing led to the next and lo and behold you got all these books now that you could sit down and read it and i am almost sure that you were probably encounter him sometime 
and I, I am, <laughs> that would be amazing to, to meet him. Um, he was known as one, one mark of everyone that spoke about him was his humility. He would say he's the most humble or meek man. And he was so full of God, like as you stand before him. And even with all the things being said about him, whatever, he, the people would come, they would argue with him. They would say all these things and he would stand there and smile and wait till they were finished. And then he would either pray for them or just whatever. But he was, they, nobody had anything to say except how meek he was. And I, I, and that's probably why God was able to use him so well in that revival. That was my next question. What stood out to you about him? But you answered the question before I asked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good question. Yeah. It, it's 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 an it's an amazing story reading through the testimonies like i've been like reading through testimonies really have been tugging at my heart like you read when i read i read i repent i ask god i question i'm like come on because some of the things that happened were incredible and i find it amazing even before we started this conversation i was reading and they were talking about what they called was the the upper room or the waiting room where people would go to sit and receive the baptism of the holy spirit and in that room, there was crutches and all these things of people being healed, tobacco pipes, people being healed of, you know, nicotine and these kind of things. But I found it fascinating. Uncle Seymour, um, I think he had smallpox. So he was, um, his left eye, I think, was not good. He couldn't, it was damaged. All those healings, and yet his eye, his eye wasn't healed. That's incredible. You really happens to, to healers, right? You know, of the Lord, they, they do all these great healing meetings. You know, people get healed, raised from the dead, but they never get healed. I wonder why. And I find that fascinating because I, I heard the same story. Like, I think it was the same story Smith Wigglesworth eventually did. But for years, he himself struggled with, um, I don't remember what it was, but he was also sick. I think eventually he did. But I mean, I was just, it was just occurred to me. I was sitting, I said, his eye was never healed. But there's this, all this testimony of healings like in, in the building and some of the, the, the testimonies that I've read about this one lady said I was a walking pharmacy. You know, she had cancer. She was sick from head to toe and, you know, just she came there and God healed her of everything. She had cancer, everything, you know, and this is 30 years later. And she said, she, I've never been to a doctor since. Wow. So it's, it, the revival was amazing. It, they talk about 11 and 12 year olds that would get up and you know, just testify and speak in tongues and people would fall under the anointing and just humble themselves before God, you know, from a, a child speaking. It, it's amazing. They tell of one little girl and she just got up and when she finished, the whole congregation, Uncle Seymour just went on his knees and the whole congregation just fell on their knees right after that, under just the conviction of the Holy Ghost. It's, it, it's just amazing. They talk about, they would sing in tongues everyone at one time wow. would sing in tongues and it was like they called it the, the angel choir wow. and there were the harmony was incredible and you know it's funny like i never heard those stories before but reading them now and i'm like wow we there's there's a lot there's a lot there and i'm like god mm, i know if we go from glory to glory <laughs> from strength to strength the glory of the latter house and I'm thinking that was an amazing. And so I'm like, yeah, it, it's gonna be something else. It's, it, 
what God is planning now is going to be something else. I agree with you. Is this the, um, our time is almost up, but I want to ask you one way. Is this, is this the first book you're reading in the, in the series of books you have there? Is this number one book? I'm actually, I've read, I've read three. I'm on number three right now. Well, I would really love for us to do this again, like a part two, and you could just now tell me some of the things that you've read, that some of the things that pinpoint that revival, some of the supernatural things that is happening. That. So I think, yeah, I think we should do part two, if that's okay with you. <laughs>